Hello and welcome to a new episode of Devil in the Detail podcast. Since the last episode, we have had two games, the Chelsea and the Arsenal game. We've also had Carrick after how long now? Three and a half years. years at the club. Yeah. Oh right. Okay. Right. Yeah. I <laughs> know. Uh, yeah. 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 I mean, not not been a as part of the staff for that long, but yes. No. Um, after a long, long time at the club, obviously he's leaving, uh, leaving his position as caretaker manager. Not a bad record to have, but he he has left. Uh, Ranić is now officially in charge. It is currently it is Friday, uh, today as we're filming this, and so he's had his first day. He had his first press conference at nine a.m. We're going to talk about uh, a little bit on that and the Chelsea game. Looking ahead to Ranić's first match, we're going to go for a predicted lineup as well, and we're going to go for see who who gets the uh, the closest team as well. So a little bit of a competition this week as well. So scenes you absolutely love to see. Um, but yeah, first of all, the Chelsea game. We'll we'll touch on that because that is a in a distant memory but uh it is worth touching on because we actually got a, a decent result yeah um so yeah dill thoughts on that one all victory for us <laughs> it's uh it's stanford bridge um it, it was a frustrating result really wasn't it because it's one of them if you would have offered me a one nil a one all before the game would have been like absolutely yeah but in the grand scheme of things of how the game went and especially the goal that Chelsea got given essentially, I suppose we both gifted each other goals to be honest. Mm-hmm. It was very disappointing, you know, if Wampasaka just pulled his foot out and wasn't fucking stupid for like a minute, then it would have been okay. Um but yeah. But then you could say, Oh well Chelsea would have pressed harder and might have scored yada yada. So Yeah. Yeah, it, it on the balance of it, obviously, no matter what form you're in, if we were still if we were up there with them going for the league title, I'd be happy with a one all the way at Stamford Bridge, so it is a good result. Um, obviously, it didn't help us out too much in the table because although it was a great result getting a draw away at Chelsea, other teams around us still won and, you know, we need to start winning games. But it was a good performance. Carrick steadied the ship much more than I thought he would do. Um, they looked a lot more solid, played better, everything was just a bit better, which I was surprised at because I didn't think there'd be much of a balance under him because he's very, you know, he's one, he's, he's one of all his disciples, really. So... Mm-hmm. But yeah, he's um he's steered us for a tricky period and has now set us up for this six and a half month Ranier Kira with a little bit of optimism because if if we wouldn't have won any of those last three games, he could be out of the Champions League in about tenth or eleventh in the Premier League, yeah. and you know a good a good what nine ten points off top four, whereas now it's yeah. like three points or something like that, and we're top of the Champions League group and through in the next round there. So yeah, he can walk away with his head held high. Um, I don't know if you want to talk about him leaving right now, but yeah, he's he's done a good job. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Let's not go into too much detail right now. Um, okay. Yeah, so let's <laughs> let's go on. Yeah, so my thoughts on the Chelsea game. I will get there at the end. Um, my thoughts on the Chelsea game. I guess. Yeah, like you say, it's a weird one because I think the way that Carrick set up, it's it's like if. If we get a result, which we did, um, uh, like if we get a win or a draw, I think, you know, you can go. You can can't quite say it's a tactical masterclass, but it's it's he's done very well. It's uh, mm. he's done very well tactically. But if you lose that game, the way we set up, just allowing them to have so much, um, as so much possession, they had a lot of shots. Yes, they struggled to break us down, and there were shots from like at like any hour, a lot of them. 
um, but they they still had a, a fair few amount of, of chances. De Gea made a really good save literally in the opening five minutes. Um, I think we we were camped in our own bo- box for a large periods of the game. So mm-hmm. I think it's one of those where if you get a result, then it's it's a very good like it's very it's, it's been very good tactically. If you don't, then it's a little bit embarrassing. But yeah. luckily for Carrick and for us. He did get a result, and as you've said, um, Carrick, since he took charge, obviously the Villarreal game as well, then he headed into this game, and then the Arsenal game. That's that's three big fixtures, three fixtures that you could easily, you, you could go either way, and um, and you know he's, he's come out with uh, two wins and a draw from that, which is excellent. Um, but yeah, I do, I think I think Sancho again continued his is good form against uh against Chelsea probably our most in-form player going into the Arsenal game. Yeah. Um but yeah that that was that was good to see. I think Chelsea at Stamford Bridge when was the uh I think we 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 do often struggle with that. I think they've they've struggled to beat us but I think there's been a fair amount of Yeah, draws, I think, hasn't I think we've done okay recently there. Um last season I think we drew 0-0. Yeah, two two uh, nil nils last season. So at least yeah. we saw some goals. Um, yeah, I think I don't think they've got the best record against us recently. To be honest. Yeah, they beat us in the FA Cup, but in terms of the Premier League, yeah, they haven't beat us in the Premier League since. Oh my God! Let me wow. try and have a let me two try and have a guess. Okay, yeah, yeah, you have a guess, mate. So under Mourinho. Um. 2016. I don't even know. Yeah, it would. Yeah, it would be under Mourinho. They beat us four 0 Was it that? No, with there's one since then. Oh, who? What was the score? Uh, one nil. Oh, okay. Don't think I remember that. We've got very um, off topic is, here, but. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but it is one nil. Classic. It is one nil. Um. In 2017 was the last, and then Morata got the goal. Oh, I remember that goal. Yeah, I remember it now. Okay. Mate, I don't. Yeah, I do. Phil I Jones was playing, and got a yellow card. Probably his Phil, last game. Phil Jones played. <laughs> yeah, you got a yellow card. You just seen. Jesus Christ, man. Uh, okay, I'm finished. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, that finished. is pretty. That is pretty mad. Yeah, Mkhitaryan, Valencia playing. We played a five back in that nice. game. Nice. Nice. Yeah, Lukaku Rashford up top. Yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, I mean, pff, moving on. There's not a lot to say about the about the Chelsea game. Like I say, it's in the distant memory. It was great to get the result, um, and it builds upon what we steadied the ship, didn't we? Since Oli yeah. got sacked, Carrick. So we are thankful for that. And now we'll move on to uh, the Arsenal game. We we've already filmed this, so it was a quite a lengthy discussion with Gunnar King. So that's why we're moving swiftly on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So, yeah, we're going to move on to Gunnar King. Absolutely legend of uh, TikTok. Again, his socials are going to be down below. Um, but, yeah, let's go over to our conversation there. Hello and welcome. We are joined by a very, very uh, special guest for this uh, for this section of the preview. So, Gunnar King, tell everyone who you are and uh, where they can find you, buddy. Nice. Yeah, it's uh, great to be on, guys. So, yeah, I'm Gunnar King, 14... Um, that's what, what my tags are on TikTok on, and on football Twitter as well. 
Um, and I, I'm also a founding member of the Army TV, which is an Arsenal dedicated show. Um, so yeah, we, we launched that in June. So you can also find me on YouTube there as well. Wonderful. So I'm going to kick this off with a ha-ha-ha-soo because uh, uh that is <laughs> that is a, a well deserved um so yeah let's let's start off and talk about the big talking points in the game uh the two controversial decisions um first the opening goal for arsenal um so what did you think about i'm going to go to deal i'm going to go with you first oh, are you? Okay. um so yeah what did you think about that and do you think it should have stood who do you think it was at fault so is it we're talking about the the first goal, yeah? Yeah, the first goal, yeah. Yeah, I I, I fully blame David de Gea for that. To be honest, um, at the at the game I was just miffed because I had no idea what happened. I, I actually said to the lads next to me, "Watch like Fred or Maguire's like broke his leg or something." Um, but yeah, I, I, it was de Gea's fault. Like Fred's literally just scraped his Achilles a bit, and again, it might be semi painful, but I feel like as a goalkeeper who's got that important of a job, he should have just got up and just stood on his line a bit or tried to do something because the ref didn't stop the game. Um, and the shot wasn't... It was a good hit by smith Rowe, but he would have saved that if he was stood up, Like I think. I don't think it would have been difficult for him to save at all. So it's all on De Gea for me. I don't, if, if it was the other team, you wouldn't want United to kick the ball out or stop playing. And I know it might be a gentlemanly thing where, like, oh, well, if a player's injured, you kick the ball out. But it, they wouldn't do that if it was an outfield player, so why should they do it if it was a goalkeeper? So I wasn't surprised it stood. I do think Martin Atkinson looked like a bit of a dick because he blew his whistle just after the ball crossed the line. as to say it's not going to count. But if he would have blown his whistle two seconds earlier, then it wouldn't have counted at all. And Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Which I, I, It's a difficult one because I think he kind of probably was in the wrong for stopping the game anyway because... It wasn't a foul. He just went down injured. But, yeah, I think the refereeing, the refereeing with it all was just shambolic and made it look 10 times worse than it was. Um, but, yeah, for me, De Gea should have, should have just got up and tried to block the ball rather than just lying on the line. And then he got up 30 seconds later anyway. So he obviously wasn't that hurt. He was just milking it. And this is the same thing with De Gea all the time. I love him, but he's an absolute... He's a fanny, isn't he? He is a fanny. <laughs> Like he, he doesn't, he doesn't, he doesn't come off his line. He, he never claims balls. He never comes out for catch to catch stuff or punch stuff. He's got absolutely no authority at all in his own area, and he never has. It's got a bit better from when he was like a weedy nineteen-year-old, but he's still for for a player with the ability that he has in goal and one of the best keepers in the world on his day. There's not any other goalkeeper I could think of that's that weak. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I just he, he doesn't command himself, and he's just very. I just think he's very soft. But yeah, I think yeah. yeah, I don't blame Arsenal at all. Um, I would have I would have been pissed off if United didn't do the same. So yeah, the hay is fault for me. Yeah, and you know, Gunnarking from an Arsenal fan's perspective on that goal, what's your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, it was just unfortunate. I think the referee's line of sight was blocked to be able to see the hair on the ground. And there is actually a law that enshrines that a ref is able to stop, even if it's not a head injury. If, if there's an injury of a goalkeeper, they, they have the ability to stop the play. Unfortunately, he hadn't, because by the time he'd seen it, the ball was in the back of the net and he'd blown the whistle, as Dylan said. So, by the matter of the law, the, the goal should have stood, but I didn't feel comfortable with it at all. Like I was 
I was live streaming on TikTok watching it. And like when it went in, like loads of people just said like I, I just was deadpan. I didn't celebrate because I was like, it just felt cheap. And I, I, I suggested the idea that we should let you equalize. And people were like, yeah, but if United had done the same the day, and yeah, like, it doesn't sound like Dylan Woodhouse. So no, yeah. It wasn't the greatest feeling when it went in because you feel if that girl's decided the game, um, you know, they're going to feel especially hard done by. And it's, it's always going to be something like a backdoor, like to be able to take something away from you winning that game if we had, which obviously we didn't go on to do. But so I was thinking about that a bit, but I mean, like, you know, maybe it balanced out with, with what happened later, I'm not sure. But, but yeah, I think, you know, no complaints with the decision the ref did make because it was the only one he could because of what, what happened. Yeah. Yeah, so I thought, um, so I thought De Gea, first of all, you know, what, what is he doing? Like, again, yeah... It might hurt someone standing on your Achilles, but as a goalkeeper, and like you say, Dill, he was up like straight after when he realised that, you know, when Near the enough. ball went yeah. in, yeah, he, pretty much he was. He, even if he was falling, falling over, but still been facing what was yeah, happening. That's what I was going to say, yeah. <laughs> he was facing the opposite yeah. opposite he way. He literally like crumpled up in a ball like he'd just been like shot. Yeah. But day. if you've been stood like on. The opposition. But if you've been stood on the uh, on your ankle on your Achilles, it's going to hurt equally as much standing up as what it is lying down. <laughs> like what's lying down going to yeah. really do when you're a keeper? So I mean, that was ridiculous. He's the most to blame out of everyone. Yes, I, 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 like I think, but also Martin Atkinson. I think he's actually he's concerned about getting hit by the ball from Smith Rowe. So when I think he sees De Gea lying down, but then he's. And he goes to blow the whistle, and then he gets out of the way. Yeah, and he pulls his he's pulled he's pulls his hands that he was going to blow the whistle. He's like pulled them down to to kind of jump out the way, and yeah. then uh, and then yeah. so it's a, it's a, it's just a, a weird scenario um, that mm. unfortunately led to a goal. And I, I was a little bit annoyed how much Arsenal celebrated. Like, in, oh, the fans went off the tits. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so did Arteta and all the players. Yeah, it yeah. was a weird one. Yeah. Like, like, yeah, like we said earlier. I've got the video evidence, man. I could download the life I was in. Yeah, no, yeah. Like, no, it, it was a very anticlimactic goal because, like, the Arsenal fans celebrated for about a split second, noticed that the ref blew his whistle, and then yeah, that was it. But I think, to be fair, on a, on a wider point, I think the ref had a fucking shocking game in general. Hundred percent. Like yeah. with the penalty, I don't. I know Fred kind of played for it, but how he didn't just give that straight away, I've got no idea. Literally went through the back and got nowhere near the ball. Yeah. I think there was a few dubious decisions as well, just in the middle of the pitch and like turnovers. Yeah. I don't think he was great at all. Yeah, but that 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 one on on, on Fred, um, it's the, like the only thing you could say is he kind of stuck his leg out waiting for the challenge, but everyone does that. But yeah, but the thing is, I mean, if he got a touch on the ball, right, he's absolutely smashed through the player in order to get that touch on the ball so it would be a foul yeah. anyway because it did look like he was keen and kind of stretching to get the ball but you've you've took the man out before before him so yeah. it was an absolute stone waller i've no idea what was going through his mind it'll be interesting to obviously the referees don't come out and say why they've made a decision but it'd be interesting to see what his thought was like is in why 
he didn't and the only thing i can think of is what you've just said is in fred's played for it he stuck his leg out so that it was contact yeah uh and then gone down like that's the only thing i can think because he's gone straight through the back of him it doesn't matter if he's got the ball or not um but yeah i th- i think that kind of i think that kind of covers that controversial first goal i think we've got a very similar standpoint um but yeah there was another there was another um controversial well penalty decision now to the other other side i think arsenal um arsenal probably should have got a penalty for me um there was initial contact outside of the box on harry maguire and um tommy asu um the the contact initially initially begun uh, outside of the box and then it carried on and actually the most contact where there was actually you could see a pull um was inside the box i i must admit i didn't actually see this live i saw this i saw this after uh, so i don't know what i was doing i must have my eyes closed for that or just my selective selective seeing from a brain but yeah what are your thoughts do you feel hard done by gunner king with the with that decision uh yeah i feel um, you know, I'm surprised as well about the amount of people that don't under- actually understand the rules. And it sounds like obviously that you do. Like, whereby, you know, a lot of people have said to me, like, well, the contact started outside the box, so the free kick should be awarded. And it's a few years ago that they made that rule amendment to say, you know, if the contact starts outside the box but continues inside it, then the referee should award a penalty, not the free kick from yeah. where the contact initially took place. That's exactly what happened mm-hmm. you know like i think he, he kind of keeps him in check by pulling him as he's going into the box yeah but the line share of the pull actually happens once yeah. not only over the line and they're in the box yeah n- not only that i don't think it is a foul like i don't if he had just carried on just kind of holding it not pulling him and he went down i don't think it would be like there is a little bit of contact there but it's too soft to go down when he actually pulls him that is when it is a foul being committed in my eyes and that there should be a penalty. So I think it was too soft for him to go down before that when there was that initial contact. But then when the when the, the big contact happened where he did actually pull him, um, yeah, that was enough so, for a penalty. You know, I think it's, it's, uh, the, the only bad one was Stonewall. Probably should have seen that on, on first appearance. But at least he goes over and has a look at it. You know, it's just the fact that they don't even have a look mm-hmm. at all. Just seems strange, you know. Like, you know, if if there's any doubt, uh, you know, you should have a look. And yeah. you know, for 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 VAR to be watching as well, the third or fourth official, and to not least say to the referee, go and have a look at that. Yeah, seems a bit strange to me. Well, that's exactly what they did for the. You know, I'm not saying that the Odegaard one wasn't more stonewall because it was. It was more stonewall. But think yeah when you look back at that and look at the replays it looks stonewall in its own right you know like you know maybe to a lesser degree but it looks like cut and dry every time you look at it you know the um the contact does start outside the box continues inside the box as per the rules that is a penalty so yeah you know but look we did we deserve anything from the game absolutely not you know but it's just more like when you see it happen in one game, two different instances where one time they've gone and had a look, the other they haven't, you know, and there's just more consistencies there. You're just like, well, what's that about? You know, it's more about the inconsistency of the ref in itself in a wider context of 
engineering. You know, like if I was watching, you know, Liverpool and Man City play and it happened, you know, I would point it out as well, you know, mm. just to be like, you know, that is kind of the standard of refereeing that we've got in this country yeah. at the moment. It's, yeah. it's just a bit of a feel, isn't it? Yeah, so I, you know, I think like, I think for off-the-ball incidents, VAR interferes with less when it should be the opposite way around in terms of the referees less likely to have seen that incident because there's a lot yeah. going on. There's a lot of people in the box. And VAR should help yeah. out the referee in incidents that he can't see. I mean, that exactly. one where he, um, with Fred, he was literally lo mm -hmm. looking straight at it. I mean, yeah. it, it, it's, it, it is obviously the right decision. I'm glad they overturned it and it is the right decision. But that's more obvious to the referee in terms of visually to see it than, you know, there's a jumble of players in the box, you know, he maybe could not have seen it. I wouldn't have expected to see it. So it's a very clever thing where he's using his belly to shield when he's making the pole. Yeah. So the referee wouldn't be able to see it. It's just one of those defenders still. Like, you know, like it's what you can get away with. And, you know, obviously that did, you know, definitely probably when, you know, someone being able to say, look, you know, as you're saying, you know, it's those, it's those incidences that they should be watching and interfering with more, as, as you're saying. Yeah. But, and Dill, do you want to add anything? Uh, <laughs> well, probably cover your bases. I literally just had to watch it then because I'd, I've not seen it. I didn't even hear about it after the game. Mm. Um, yeah, it's, it's a penalty, really, isn't it? Yeah. I'd say. I don't really get what he's doing. It's a very Harry, it's a very Harry Maguire move, I think, that really. He, go, he does stuff like that most weeks. Like, he always does. <laughs> I don't get what... Like in the aspect of what the defense were trying to do, it was like they're trying to play them all offside, but then you must have one person deeper. I don't know because yeah. they're all they're all the wrong side of them, and none of them come out. It's very weird. I don't get what they were doing. I needed mm. I'd need to see like the whole picture of it to see if like Delo or someone played everyone onside by accident, and that's why they all had a run on them. But yeah, I I don't really remember it being a big point in the game at Old Trafford. I think it's probably because Arsenal were shooting away from the away fans, so maybe they didn't pick up on it either. But yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah I had no knowledge of that until I saw it on Twitter this afternoon, literally none. Because it wasn't even on the highlights on Sky or anything that I saw. Yeah, no, it wasn't. But yeah, yeah, I'd say it was a penalty. Yeah, Maguire back to his best. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, he does, yeah. He's got away with that one. What he does, man. Yeah, because he had a, he didn't have a bad game apart from that. He gets a little fair bit of it, man. I don't know. It makes you think maybe there was a few sucks. Like when they review refereeing decisions, because you know I've seen Kane in a derby just like just run into Gabriel, no attempt to get the ball, just like just mm, that. Yeah, or in the face, right? And this this happened. Like I don't know if anyone remembers it. Like not the game that we just played this season. But one last season, just after Christmas, that we played at home, and just no one said anything. It's like yeah. the stood right in front of them as well. So like he saw it, he was like literally five yards away from them, and it's like, is, is anyone going to say anything? Maybe? No. Yeah. Well, Kane does that thing where a player jumps for a header and he just backs into them, gets yeah, them off balance, and they smash into the yeah. floor. It's like, mate, yeah. that is dangerous. That is very, Nothing very dangerous. No. Mm. Um, but yeah, let, let's get your thoughts, Gunnar King, because from like a, an honest Arsenal fan's perspective on Arsenal, how they performed like generally in the game, kind of 
would do you think you know, uh, Arsenal should have got some? Were they unlucky or yeah? Give me your give me your thoughts on uh, on Arsenal. I think I wouldn't go as far as to say we were unlucky. I think I don't think we played badly. Um, I think there was one, maybe two performances that were a bit questionable. I think Partey struggled at the beginning. Yeah. I think Manfred did. A few like out touches. Yeah, first uh, 30 minutes. A few, uh, a few misplaced passes. Both of them seemed to kind of go through that. And then I think he came to his own a bit more in the second half as well as Fred. I think they moved it. Um, I think it was a bit costly. And just the me up front, man, I like, you know, I think, okay, he had some chances. Um, he had the one chance that was offside that, I mean, De Gea saved it well, but you, you've got to be at least hitting them from that range and um, yeah I mean just didn't really offer much else I, I felt but you know, I think you know I, I still sort of you know sort of point out just the age of this squad is that like the youngest average age of the league 24 years old and it kind of I think that showed more than, than any kind of overbearing underperformance of the team as a whole. Mm-hmm. I just think, you know, Ronaldo showed what experience and quality can do with very little chances. Um, you know, which Abraham used to be able to do, but he's not doing that anymore. You know, I think, you know, it's not like he was feasting up front, mm-hmm. but he made the most of the chances he had. Um, and, yeah, I mean, you're always going to struggle if United do that. I, I just felt, felt, yeah, felt even, even just more clinical, if I'm being honest. You know, I don't think there was a very, like, prolonged periods where you were, like, swarming our goal and laying, laying seeds to us. But, you know, you, you were creating quality chances, but, you know, we, we were creating decent chances as well. And, uh, yeah, I, I just think that's the difference between our teams at the moment. You know, we, we've not got that clinical kind of cutting edge, you know, at the top of the tree. Yeah, that can bail us out of the situation. Turn three, put a turn no points into at least one or three, you know, just with very minimal uh, sight of goal. Yeah, in 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 deal from your kind of United fans' perspective, give yeah. us give us your thoughts on the game, mate. Uh, I I came away from it not knowing if we were the better team or not. Mm. Like, I actually couldn't decide. It would just seem very end to end, and there was a lot of like. There wasn't a, a plethora of chances, really. A lot of it was in the middle of the park and like United going one way, not really doing anything with it. Arsenal doing the same. There was a lot of shots in the game, but I don't think there was that many chances. Um, yeah, I don't. I feel like a draw probably would have been a fair result, to be honest. I think it was an entertaining game, but a game that kind of lacked quality in the final third, really. Like, often United would get towards the byline or something and put a terrible cross in or Rashford would give the ball away or whatever. Same, but to be honest, I thought Arsenal were a bit more, looked a bit better when they were knocking it around. I thought Martinelli was actually quite good down that right yeah. side, I think. I think he really had a decent good. game, but he got in a lot of space. Um, mm. But yeah, I thought Martinelli was probably Arsenal's best player and quite a lot of good stuff went through him. But yeah, I don't think Arsenal really have anything to worry about. It's just when you've got a young, inexperienced team, you're going to get some a run of results. Where it's the same as, like, I think you'll do better than last season. But it's the same as last season, where like 
you're not gonna you're gonna have a bad three or four games. You might have one horrible result like every so often, just because they're all inexperienced. A lot of them haven't played in big games at this level before. You've got a fairly inexperienced young manager, so you mm. know it's it, it's a process, isn't it? And you know I don't think they're in this they're in a situation in the summer where they could go and buy the kind of players at United, Liverpool, City, Chelsea could, so they could you know guarantee top four now. Um, so I just think it's a, it's going to be a bit of a a long ride to be fair and whether that's with Arteta or not obviously he's not getting sacked at the minute but I think that squad will get there regardless of who the manager is I think it is a good young squad I really like the look of Tommy Yasu but he looked really good he looked decent last night he's looked really good when we've seen him Ben White's been really good recently I think Tavares is a bit suspect at times I think he was pretty who did you play Last weekend, I can't remember. Newcastle. Was it Liverpool? Yeah, Newcastle, yeah. He, did. he was taking a lot of like long ranges, wasn't he, and stuff. And he looked a bit inconsistent, but it's it's a good it's a good young team. Um, but yeah, like you said, if if you know if we're not taking form into it, if you give me that Arsenal eleven and said, if would you take any of them for United's players? I'd probably say not a single one. So the fact that they're playing really well could easily be fourth at the end of the season, and you know probably deserved a draw last night isn't the worst thing in the world considering they're playing against a team of Ronaldo, Sancho, Rashford, Bruno, De Gea, you know, the list goes on. So yeah, I think yeah, yeah I think you'll you're doing well and maybe it'll take another season or so until you get into that top four, but you're definitely up there challenging for it again. It's the closest you've been for a good three or four years. So yeah. yeah. I think Arsenal Arsenal are decent. And it is I saw you comment on my video as well. I forgot to reply to it about like the rivalry being back kind of. I don't think it's the same as it used Yeah, I don't think it's the same as it used to be. But I was thinking no. about it on the on the drive home today and like like without sounding like a knob, like the past two or three years we've been second or third and you've been seventh, eighth, sixth and stuff like that. So it hasn't really mattered as much. Whereas now I think because there was so much riding on it and the fact that if we lost, we'd be like eight points behind you in the fourth. Like yeah. that would be really bad. So there was quite a lot riding on the game. And mm. I just, like no matter the circumstance, I think from going to games, Arsenal and United fans still just don't get on anyway. Because obviously oh, a lot of them, absolutely. yeah, a lot of them like, I, I don't remember the, the golden days so much, but anyone kind of over the age of about 27, 28 will probably remember that a bit more than me and will understand it a bit more. Um, mm. But yeah, it was quite nice that that rivalry. I, I had a lot of fun last night. Um, if, if it's going to be us battling for that fourth place, then that's just like the like the thing that I've got over like the last few days. Like because there is more riding on it again. Mm. Because as you said, you you guys have been comfortably gay in the top three, whereas now with a situation where we could, I'm not going to say we will, but we could. And at your yeah. expense, or you can at our expense, and it could be a lot closer. It's just starting to get that overall kind of just the sense of those days, you know, like where there yeah. was a bit of a revival uh, where it's not it's not like a major trophy, but yeah, you it's, are it's, for something that is important. You know, both clubs, you know, top four status is massive. So, you know, I think it, I think it's, it's more difficult for United fans. To acknowledge that, okay, it, it's backed. Okay, it, it's for a lesser thing. It's for top four. But just I because we're, it. I thought we were past this shit now. Like, yeah. Because um, I, you know, I saw a video as well earlier, Dylan, where you were showing your fixture list, 
and it was right the way to March. You know, you've got I think it was like thirteen very winnable fixtures. Yeah, you know, yeah we don't really play for that squad if it was performing at its best. You know, you would look at those and think, yeah, definitely like they're winnable games. So Yeah. Having know. having said that, we, we had a really difficult fixture of running and we looked at the Watford game and gone, Oh, at least that's three points. <laughs> Look how that turned out. Yeah, so, um... I think there's a bit more hope now because of the manager situation. Yeah, but yeah. yeah, from now, apart from Wolves at the minute that are seventh, we don't really play a top half team until City on the fifth of March, mm-hmm. which is which is pretty good. Um, I think oh, if we put a run together, we could. In March, as well though. Huh? I'm saying sorry. Um, I think there's that kicks off like. A tricky run of like three or four. Yeah, uh, yeah, there is there is a hard run after that where we've got like City, Chelsea, Spurs. Um, but you know, if if we absolutely like batter that run and win, say nine out of uh, ten out of the eleven, twelve games, whatever it is, then it won't matter so much if we lose to City away because mm-hmm. we if we do so well at that in that spell, we probably yeah. should have top four sewn up anyway. Um, but we'll, we'll see. I mean, you know, we're, we're saying we're in the fight for top four, but at the minute we've got Wolves are level on points of us. Shockingly, if Spurs win the game in hand, they go fourth, which is absolutely mental mm-hmm. to me because I don't think they've really been good since Conte came in. So that's a bit yeah, mad. So there's literally... The yeah, it's de- it's depressing, man. It's, it's actually depressing for me because just looking at this, this is like the last couple of, a couple of years ago when it was like Leicester, us and Chelsea, which ones are going to get in? And I, I don't get excited over getting fourth. I know, like, for West Ham, Spurs, maybe even Arsenal, it might be a bit more of a victory because you haven't been in there the last few years. But I was hoping the top four would be sewn up by Christmas and it would be a title, four-way title race. But, yeah. I do think I do think we need to kind of just reevaluate the system kind of after the new year because we've got a good run of fixtures. The Christmas period is really... Mad. We're probably going to play what seven games, Premier League games, eight games in this is like ridiculous period until like uh, next year, and we can have a look at the fixtures that we sh- we should be winning, and then we can kind of reassess the situation. Um, but but and yeah, and see what realistically because we might be closer to the top three. I mean, we've seen the top three haven't they've been good, but they've still dropped points in games that you wouldn't expect. I mean, Chelsea drawing against Burnley, uh, you you wouldn't have expected that. Dropping points again against us in, uh, when we were in horrific form, yeah. you wouldn't have you wouldn't have really expected that. So I mean, the, I don't think I don't think the top three will run away. You might see one or or two of them. You can't see all three of them keep dropping points. I mean, City are for me are most likely to go on like a a silly run because of just we've seen it before. Um, but yeah, yeah, I, I don't, I don't think, I don't think it is just top four. At least, I hope. What not. are you saying? You think United could get top three? I think they can. I think well, they can. I, yeah. I had a bit of, I had a bit of optimism in my TikTok made about it today. But to be honest, I was just trying to piss people off. Um, I mean, but... I mean, Leicester, less of a season to play with, to do it with fit players. I think it was like January or February when their players started coming back, wasn't it? And then they went on that, mm-hmm. they went on that run for that, that back end stint. And that, that was what got them third. I think they yeah. were like, or not before then. So, yeah, I think they only got into the top four like the second to last game. 
And then they ended yeah. up finishing only like six points behind us when I think when they beat us 40 at Old Trafford, we had like a 15-point lead on them or something ridiculous. Do you remember, yeah, that yeah. spell where we everyone was sat there on Twitter figuring out City's results, how they could go so United could win the league? <laughs> yeah. I, th- I think it was only like six points at one point, were like six or seven games to go, and then it ended up being 12, which, you know. Yeah. Mm. We know now was the beginning and the end, don't we? But, mm-hmm. yeah, I d- looking at it, I mean, 10 points isn't the hardest thing to make up in the world, but I don't think I've ever seen a team like win a title well, I'm not saying we're going to win the league but like I've never seen a team overturn more than like an 8 point deficit in a title race so I can't see how we're going to possibly get that because you're relying on I know like you said that we could win a lot of games but you, then you're also relying on Liverpool City or Chelsea to drop 10 points as well at the same time which I just can't see happening Like I think Chelsea yeah. are the team that the reason I think they're going to win the league is because they're the least likely to get a freak result do you know what I mean? Like the Lords, the Lords at least get a point. Like Liverpool lost to West Ham. Um, City can slip up from time to time. You know, lost to Palace, drew um, at Southampton. But there's three teams think... there. I think one of them could go on. A yeah, bad one run. of them could slip up a bit. That, I'm not saying. A... I'm not saying title challenging here. I'm saying. No, I know you're top. not. But it's it's, it's going to take them going on a run as bad as United's under Oli the last few weeks for us to catch them up. And I don't think a team as serious as Liverpool City or Chelsea is going to do that. But we'll see. Yeah. Well, the thing with Chelsea is they're just not conceding. And like, mm-hmm. if you don't concede goals, you don't, you don't use games. Like, they throw yeah, you don't have to do much. Yeah, they've conceded six goals. But then again, City have only conceded eight. Yeah, I didn't realise City had conceded so little as well. I thought it was more than that. But yeah. The way they're scoring, though, is just insane. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, I don't know. It's... it's it's very difficult to pick each one of those teams are dropping points. I think it's going to be very limited from now. But then again, the end of the season comes, the Champions League gets comes back, the stakes are high, you've got other domestic competitions, internationals, people travelling around. Who knows what can happen? Yeah, if any, I think it'd be Liverpool just because of AFCON. They're missing Salah and Mane and Cater for a little bit. But yeah, mm. it's, it's, it's wishful thinking, isn't it? But... See if we can do our job and actually, you know, string a couple of wins together before we get excited about. It. I mean, you know, we're talking about potentially breaking into that top three when we're fucking seventh. Yeah, you know, I think we need uh, to we need we need to stay in our lane a bit, don't we? Yeah. To be fair, I did say okay, we'll reassess at Christmas because I think we've got a good running until then. So yeah, we could easily be fourth come Christmas yeah. by three points or so easily. Cause I think West Ham have looked a bit poor. Spurs have always got a bad result in them, as do Arsenal. So, yeah, but it's almost like we're aiming for fourth and not the title, and it should be a bit easier. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, we've had to reassess, haven't we, from the start of the season? Um, yeah, it's very, it's, it's so like someone at the game was like, um, did City play West Ham recently or something? Yeah, yeah, they won like two one. Two one, and you were, yeah, one of the lads was like, oh, at least City beat West Ham. I was like, no, this is the issue. We should be sat here saying. Oh, well, West Ham lost, you know, fourth on. At least City did us a fucking favour. That's what it's hell. been like for the past six years, and I've had I've had enough of it. Yeah. Like, I don't want to look at a result and go, oh, I hope Liverpool beat Tottenham. I don't want to see Liverpool or City win a game in my life ever. I don't care if it helps United out. Like, yeah, it's, not but... in, it's not in me to sit there and ever want Liverpool or City to score a goal. But un- unfortunately, that, that's the reality, mate. 
I don't, sorry yeah, to right, say. Yeah. It might be the reality, but I don't like it. That's what I'm saying to you. Yeah, it's not yeah. right that we're sitting here thinking, oh, well, let's hope Liverpool do us a favour against Spurs next week so we can get go up to sixth. Like, it shouldn't be like that anymore. I'm past that point. But yeah. I feel the same as well. When I find myself doing this for Arsenal, I speak to someone and it's like, well, we're only bothered about top four. And it's like, well, we're nowhere near like, being like, like, ready as a squad to challenge for a title. So you've got to go for like the next best thing, right? Like no one expected us to even be anywhere near the top four race. Like for no, yeah, I didn't know. this season, like no one if if we said if we went back in time now and said to our former selves, this is where Arsenal would be now after this many games, even I would have looked at myself, my future self and laughed. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. So Do you it's, think it's like you've got to you go like, you know, like, I think unless we get top six, uh, I think if, if we make that a benchmark, then we should go for that. You know, we should feel like we can. Because I think with a few, with a few signings in January, maybe we could. Mm-hmm. But we, we need to address the striker situation and maybe the yeah. midfield one. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, do you think that uh, not being in Europe has is benefited? Because honestly, I haven't really heard that much being said about okay, putting Arsenal's kind of good form down to okay, not being in Europe and obviously the people around them, all of them, even West Ham, have, have looked like they're going to go. They're having a decent run in Europe. I mean, Spurs are obviously in the Conference League, which you know you just <laughs> missed out to the Conference League last season. Uh, but I think that may have affected them. And I don't know if they're just shite or whether that... No one's going to want to play that, are they? Yeah. The level of Scott... But like, that's the thing with it, isn't it? Say, like, Brighton got into that, you'd be like, oh, great, we've never played... I don't know if Brighton have ever played European football in history, but certainly as long as I've been alive, they've been nowhere near it. So, like, a club like Brighton or, you know, when Villa or a Brentford or a Palace got into that, you'd be like, oh, this is this is class. Yeah. You get to go on European... Yeah. Because still come against some fairly decent teams like Wren and stuff like that. Um, but for a club like Spurs with players like Harry Kane, you know, we're Sonny, in the final of the Champions League Uri, not that long you know, ago. Yeah, it's, it must be so, it's, it must be actually humiliating for them to have to play those games. Yeah, but having said that, I don't think so because Kane could easily not play those games and it would probably help him in the Premier League. But Kane's like, what yeah. is it? Is he like top scorer of the Conference League? He's loving it. He's absolutely yeah, loving it. Yeah. But, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you could, I'm sure he doesn't. You are sorry. I was saying I don't think that's doing them any favours. No, no, exactly. Yeah, it's not like he's got his confidence up, yeah. has it? Exactly. Um, that that's my yeah. kind of my point in terms of uh, the Conference League shouldn't really matter. I don't think that competition because you should just be playing anyone but your first team throw anyone in there if you're like a, yeah until a you got to team. maybe the final and you play a decent bit like us in europa league but yeah. like if you look at the clubs in it i'm just getting a table table up like literally the only big teams in it are roma and spurs that is it yeah there's a few joining now isn't there that have the, yeah the, but the... there's you know there's a there's a group full of yeah, europa league, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah there's you know this group's just like one team I've heard about a four, and that's only because we've seen them in the Europa League when we've been in it. Do you know what I mean? 
Like yeah, that yeah. Nora, the lowest ranked team in the whole competition. That was funny that they lost to that. Mm. But yeah, it's not really the place for a, for a Spurs or a Roma or even really a, a Ren, is it? Do you know what I mean? It's more for yeah. these teams that could do with the money and, you know, play more obscure countries to kind of give the whole club and the league a bit more exposure. But um, it is what it is. But like in most leagues, like there's not such a... A monopoly, so you might get like a team in France qualify for it that has never been in Europe before. But realistically, this year in England, it's probably going to be United, Arsenal, Spurs, Leicester, or West Ham. Do you know, and none of them clubs, any of them clubs, should walk it, even like West Ham. Yeah. So yeah, I think it it it's um it's a bit of a silly competition for for that. Just looking yeah. at like the league table with Arsenal and stuff though. Like, imagine if you didn't have that relegation form the first three or four games of the season. Even if you just won two of those opening four, or whatever it was, you'd be two points behind Liverpool now. I mean, yeah, I, I would say the realistically the first game, because, I mean, the other game was like City yeah, and... No. Was it City-Chelsea? Yeah, true, true. Yeah, yeah, which Chelsea, you, yeah. I mean, it's like saying, if, only, could, though, if only they just won against was... Chelsea or, or City, it's like, wow. All right, Derek, come on. <laughs> <laughs> As well, like I think Luca and Oberal, party was out, um, Gabriel wasn't back, mm. um, Tomiyasu, Ramsdale weren't bought yet, so they went in. I think, I think Ramsdale was, but you hadn't, hadn't been put in the squad yet, maybe that's all right for you know, yeah. that, that had, yeah. I think that he some big mistakes that he did in those games for the for um, Arteta to actually think, fuck it, I'm gonna try him so, um. But yeah, like I think I feel to go to your point, um, Dick, I do think that not competing in Europe is actually beneficial. And I think we're gonna see the benefits of that in the tail end of the season. You know, I think yeah. obviously, you know, you guys think Champions League would have started back by March. You can have that quite good run got coming up to March and then you've got that difficult one. Champions League games are going to be coming back, so there's going to be more of a need to kind of rotate things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Deep players fresh. And generally speaking, when you're trying to juggle priorities of those two competitions, mainly like the league and the Champions League, not just you, Chelsea, City, Liverpool, you yeah. know, I think that's where they'll struggle. Stanley, Europa League, doing the same thing. Very small squad that probably is just a, a Premier League squad. Mm-hmm. It's probably not the and the points on it to be able to go deep in a European competition and remain competitive in the league without getting like everyone would have to stay fit like and I'm, I'm not sure if that's possible with you look at Antonio's injury record it's, it's not the greatest so and he's off form think, now started on yeah, fire he hasn't scored in yeah, a good while you know, but, West Ham have been in bad form recently yeah. they, haven't, they, they haven't I don't think they've won in the last I think that fine margin, margin could actually benefit us. Yeah, and in like, terms of, in terms of like the intensity of our our games have been a lot of them have been very close last minute winners for the full ninety. We've had to be literally given like one hundred percent effort and intensity, and it's like emotional as well as physical draining. Whereas you know somebody like. City or Chelsea or the, or Liverpool just dominating a game two 0 up after the first twenty minutes, just cruising. I mean, I think that's going to benefit them when it comes to the end of the season as well. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, we're going about it a different way. Exciting, great for fans. I think I've aged probably about a year in the past since the start of the season. Like, 
uh, with how the United games yeah. have been going. Um, but yeah, but yeah, I think it. Yeah, I definitely think it has benefited Arsenal. But I haven't I haven't really heard it heard it being talked about that much. I think probably because they should be a lot more. Yeah. I think probably because you just missed out on the Conference League, which literally nobody cares about anyway. So it's like you just missed out Mourinho, on the competition it, nobody it? cares about. Well, Mourinho, mm. yeah. Mourinho, it's Spurs because they haven't, you know, like I think Dylan said it perfectly. If, if, if any of our teams had found themselves even in the Europa League, or even Arsenal having not won the European trophy, you look at our Europa League squads in the early stages, we're still playing our youngsters. We're still even like in the latter stages. I think against Olympiacos, we played like loads of French players, you know, like the likes of Cedric, you know, the likes of everyone. You just kind of give them months, you know, like yeah. Spurs are literally, yeah, they, they they can't approach it like that, you know, like with with Kane and Son. And I, I think I think that's what put Spurs in last season. You would have thought they would have learned from that because I remember like the Tyrone Cup and the FA Cup games. They, they were using Kane and a lot across all competitions, and I, I think that I think they burn him out, like like uh, in periods of the season. Even though he had a great season in the league, um, I think yeah, like there was kind of like elements of like purple patches to it, you know. So yeah, I, I think the, the rotation thing. I think yeah, after Christmas. Going into March when the European competitions start again, I, I think you'll see more of a, of a benefit. And also, just like Arteta working with new players and having to integrate them, having less games to kind of where you can't run the training pitch because like you're traveling, you know, like it's like whereas it's a bit from when you're training, like on your actual training ground, it's like it's more deeper, it's like more kind of, I don't, I don't know, it just. He, I feel like he would get more time to work with the players like on the training pitch because he's not having those games uh, where you have to take a day out for travel, for example, you know, like because of where the game is and stuff. So, yeah, I, I think I think it's it, we we should reap the benefits of it this season, but we got to get back to Europe, man. I can't take another season of even if it's Europa League, man. Yeah, yeah, which I think is more realistic for us at the moment, but. Yeah, yeah, and to to finish off, because I mean we we have we have diverged a lot <laughs> a lot. At least we weren't talking about a dinner, which was before we before we uh, yeah, we, we started recording. We were talking about that, so we didn't we didn't procrastinate, you know, just that much. But yeah, um, so I want you to give me a one word answer, Gunnar King. Who will finish higher oh. this season? United. Or Arsenal to end it. Stayed. I which I know. Oh, oh, is that one word? I'm still going to say. No, nah, I don't know. If, I think United might now. Okay, I think so you've gone with yeah. the safety. <laughs> yeah. I'd, I'd, I'd say so yeah, without yeah. even being biased I mean like looking at that oh, running okay. we've got the new manager the squad we've got we should be finishing um, Arsenal yeah we okay, should so... if we don't like no disrespect so we go straight into Carrick leaving shall we but like we should we should Although we've kind of talked about it already haven't we do you want to say something more specific yeah 100% 
And okay, we'll yeah, leave it there. I don't, I don't Thank you again, Gunner right King. Um, I appreciate you massively. What he Great did. conversation. That is time. Your links will be down uh, right below in the, the YouTube video, so check them out, guys. So once again, thank you to Gunner King. That was a, a great conversation. But back to United and back to uh, Michael Carrick leaving. So uh, I think we've talked about what job he did earlier on uh, with the club. Obviously, uh, a very good job, steady the ship. But do we think it was the right decision for Michael Carrick to leave at this point? So, Dill, go ahead, mate. Give us your thoughts. Um, I don't think it's the right decision for him to leave the club entirely. But obviously, he hasn't been sacked. And all that people might think that he's been pushed out the door. I don't think he has because the rest of the coaches have stayed. Um, so, I just think, you know, it was his decision. He felt probably that he should have left with Oli, really. And maybe if he didn't get offered that job to try and steady the ship for a few games, he would have done. Um, so, yeah, it is a bit of a shock. But when you kind of think about it, he, he's since he's had the job, he's not really sounded too upbeat about it or excited. He's more felt sorry for Oli kind of thing. I still think mm -hmm. he feels very connected to him. So, it's sad to yeah. see a club... Well, an, well, another club legend Lee, just over a week later after Oli, but yeah, it, it, it's fine. I'm sure he'll be okay without him. And, you know, he's had four years as a first team coach at Man United, which might set him up for a bit of management if he wants to do that in the future. If he wants to, you know, do something similar to like Lampard, Rooney, Gerrard, get a championship job, I think yeah. he could be a good a good coach because um, he's shown he can be. So, yeah, I think he'll probably go away. Spend some time with his family now that I've seen. That's, he said that's what he wanted to do because he promised them he'd, he'd retire fully when he stopped playing, but he's just been relentlessly coaching for the past four or five years under Mourinho and, and Oli. So, yeah, I don't blame him for doing it. Um, Obviously, he probably would have felt a bit wrong still being at the club when the man that hired him, well, not the man that hired him, but the man he was with kind of isn't there anymore. I wish some of the other coaches who have done a much worse job than Michael Carrick had that same humility about them, Mike Phelan yeah. being one. Um. But, yeah, it's it's okay. It's sad that he's gone, but, you know, I'm sure there'll always be a job there for him if he ever wanted one in the future. Um, yeah. And hopefully, you know, it enables him to have some time out, enjoy life a little bit more, get away from football for a bit, go with some away games that he said he wants to do, which he has done before since he retired from playing. And, yeah, maybe set him up to get a managerial job in the future. And you never know, come back and uh, maybe manage United in 10 years. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Hopefully, he gets a bit more experience than Oli did before he uh, mm. <laughs> before he gets a, gets a chance. But um, but yeah, in contrast, add to that, one hundred percent, it was his decision. I mean, Ranić said that he wanted him to stay as part of his team. He said he had a, like an hour conversation, but his mind was already made up. So it's it's nothing to do with Ranić saying right, get him gone. Uh, as mm. you know, obviously, you hear rumours that. Um, that he was was going to do that beforehand, but uh, yeah, it's it's absolutely not. Not Ranić's decision um, at all. Yeah, I again, I agree that it is the right decision. I think it was ridiculous how people were kind of in uproar that he he kept the job just as caretaker manager because I mean somebody's got to coach the team. You can't, yeah. you can't have. I mean, what Ronaldo is player manager at all? Some some people say uh, mm. just while while until we get an interim. But yeah, Carrot, he needed to stay. He and like you say, he wasn't. He he didn't seem like in in his last presser that he had. He didn't seem so enthused with uh, Ranić coming in. He was very much like, oh, "I'm gonna focus on my job, like the job that I need to do on 
um, against Chelsea, that kind of stuff. So yeah. it did seem a little bit strange. And obviously, we. It was all very short know. term, wasn't it? The way he was yeah. talking. And, yeah. Yeah. So, and obviously, we, we, we know why now. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I think it is probably an, a missed opportunity, I would say. I mean, he's, he's been under um, Jose M- for, from. from it was under Van Gaal, actually, wasn't he? I think was it was. Under... I think it was just Jose. Because uh, uh, yeah, I think Farrier, he made. Yeah, yeah, Farrier yeah. Left. Sorry. Yeah, because yeah. he retired. I think he did. He played in Mourinho's first season, then retired. Actually. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Um. So I think it's a missed opportunity because I mean, is that Jose Mourinho, which is, is a great experience. Van Gaal as well, like being. Yeah. You know, he was, he was a captain. I think club captain, senior player. Obviously, yeah. didn't play as much. He was probably involved in the coaching side a bit whilst he was getting his badges. Um, yeah. So he probably has learned a lot. And I know that Van Gaal didn't do the best at United, but Rooney said he's learned more from him and how to manage than he did from Sir Alex in like mm-hmm. 10 years, which says a lot. So, yeah, you know, he's, he's absorbed, he, you know, even though Van Gaal and Mourinho are a bit past it, the two, still two but very legendary managers who have, you know, Van Gaal especially, very, very particular way of playing and stuff like that. So I'm sure he will have learned a lot from, you know, seeing three completely different, well, if you count Ferguson and Moyes, five completely different managers worked under two of them as a coach. On different ways to do stuff, do stuff right, do stuff wrong, and obviously a lot of managers probably don't really get that experience and get mm-hmm. thrown into it straight away, um, a bit like Ollie did. So, yeah, I, I think it could set him up for for being a good manager in the future, and I hope we see more of him because I, to be honest, I would be surprised if he went into full time management because he just doesn't seem like that kind of personality for me. But Gerard's because kind of, you expect it to be more like you know the loud, shouty, Roy Keane characters, Gary Neville, yeah. but. When you look at it, like Gerard is a very quiet guy, Rooney's a very quiet guy, and they both, yeah, yeah, Oli, yeah, exactly. But I'm, I was more giving Gerard because he's done really well, and I think, yeah, yeah. despite where Derby are, Rooney's done a pretty good job there. So, you know, you don't have to be some really passionate, confident guy who, you know, shouts yeah. all the time and be a football manager. So, but that's we'll what I was saying. It is like I think it is a missed opportunity because he's had two kind of managerial styles, you know, you know, relatively defensive. Well, I would say. Oh, do you mean a missed opportunity to learn under Anya? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Uh, Mm -hmm. and he's got a different, more progressive, more modern style of football. I would say, Um, in uh, he can learn from Ranić. Yes, Ranić is sixty three years old, but he's playing football. In a more similar way to like the Liverpool's, to the cities that are you know looking like you know some of the best yeah. teams uh, in the world. I mean, Nagelsmann as well. He, he plays similar kind of football to him. So I think it would it is a missed opportunity in terms of like a, a learning curve. I, I yeah, think. True. However, he's obviously got he got his reasons. Who am I to say that he, he should have stayed and it's a missed opportunity? Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, but I think yeah. it all comes down to that loyalty for Ollie, really. Um, Ex- yeah. But yeah, it would it would have been cool for him to learn off him. I mean, you know, c- considering that the kind of influence we've been told Ranić will have after his managerial reign at the club's over, you know, it would have been very feasible that Ranić could have gone. You need to keep this guy on. He's going to be a top manager someday. You know, get Pochettino in, make sure he learns as much from him, and then give him the job in five years or something like that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I do think it's a missed opportunity in the sense of a bit of learning, and I think you know Ranić could have taken a shine to him, which it seems like he has because he seemed like he was pretty desperate for him to stay on um, yeah. and I think out of all the coaches it's just a shame because out of all the coaches that stayed since Ali left he'd be the one I'd want to stay yeah, like, yeah. feeling I think is a dinosaur who just is Fergie but part but worse like, I don't think he really 
has much input on training. I don't think he's a good tactical man. You know, he was a manager for a couple of years at likes of Hull and stuff and was absolutely shocking. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think Carlos Carreras was the... Quiros was, guy. yeah. Yeah, because yeah. he, he could have been... A, well, I think he was a football manager. He managed Portugal, yeah. I think, and some t- teams in Qatar. I don't think it went well for him, but, you know, sometimes people aren't cut out to be number ones. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, Phelan just doesn't have anything about him. Heard, heard appalling things about McKenna in the press, to be honest. And although yeah, he's, he's you get young. conflicting reports, don't you? You get, you yeah, get some players say he's fantastic, and others say he's. Diabolical. Yeah, well, it's, well, it basically sounds like he's he's kind of the, the brains there, but the way he puts things across in his personality mm. is very like he should be still be an under 18s coach yeah. or twenty threes. Yeah, yeah. So you know, to to get rid of the one person you think could maybe play a bigger role in the club in the next ten years. Um, See, it's a bit silly, but you know it's character decision at the end of the day. So there's not really you can't moan that the club has sacked him, or you know I'm sure he's getting paid well and had a role there for for life if he wanted it. So it's been his decision, and who knows maybe in a few years if Pochettino or Ten Hag comes in and he's had a bit of a break, he might want to come back and they might want him. So it might I'd be surprised if it's the last ever we see of United and Carrick in any role at all. Um, yeah. But yeah, I hope he comes back because, to be honest, he's one of my favourite ever United players. Massively underrated player. Yeah, hundred percent underrated. Yeah, and I think he's he's not far off the, the skulls Gerard Lampard level for me. I don't think he's quite that good, but I think he's not far off. Yeah, he's definitely a world class midfielder in his day. Massively yeah. underrated. Should have got way more England caps than he did. Well, what? Yeah, one hundred percent. I mean, and I think it would just be a lot more functional that and balanced that England team if if Carrick would have. Uh... Uh, would have been included. Mm. I think Carrick came a little bit late, didn't he? I think yeah. Carrick was five years younger, because Carrick kind of hit his peak around two thousand and eight ish, and that was kind of when Skulls was getting on a bit. I think Gerard was hitting his early thirties, same with Lampard. So, you know, if, yeah, if he would have been around in that you know golden era period of like the early noughties, we would have been laughing. But I think yeah. he's probably the most talented midfielder we've seen, other than those three English wise in the Premier in the last. 10-15 years I think mm-hmm. unless I'm forgetting someone amazing no, I'd, I think I'd agree with that yeah yeah um, and so kind of moving on to the man that is now in charge his first day today like I say is Friday as we're recording this uh, and he has he had his first press conference a nice early one at 9am and there was a few yeah I know yeah, <laughs> yeah I think he said it was the earliest one that he did but he wants to get to work straight away so he's getting this out of the way basically alright fair he said. yeah um, so yeah, there's a few things that I picked out that were interesting. First of all, just to speak generally how it was, I mean, normally press conferences are just an absolute load of balls, mate, to be fair. Yeah, they just, just say, sort of clickbait, isn't it? And, you yeah. know, are you signing Mbappe? Or like when he asked him, um, <laughs> I don't Harlan. know if you're going to mention it, yeah, are you going to get 10 million if you sign Haaland? And he basically said, yeah, yeah I'll get 10 million if, you, 10 million if you get Haaland, 10 mil for Mbappe, 10 mil for Kimmich, yeah. Yeah. But did you imagine like going into a press conference and having First day. one question to ask the new Manchester United manager and you go, you're getting 10 million if you sign Haaland in the summer? Yeah. You can literally ask anything. Is, I know. To be fair, it's probably not on the journalists. I'm sure they'd rather ask about his style of play, but you know, if you're writing for the Sun or the Daily Star, you're not going to, you know, that's the kind of shit <laughs> yeah. they'll ask you. It's not that, yeah. It's not that, it's not that kind of page, mate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's just got to, it's got to grab the headlines away from the boobs, hasn't it? That's the that's the thing. The boobs. Yeah. Well, it used to be on the on Sun. You know, page three. I don't think they do it anymore, do they? No. Nah, yeah. Page three is not a thing anymore. Yeah. It's, um, it's like. It's, but they normally it, do some. You know, it's. 
it's not naked anymore though is it but it's it, it's it like, used there to, is well, somebody I think, on I think it might be like a bikini or something that's like it, that yeah, yeah it's I mean some, that's good enough though isn't it yeah well to be fair it is a bit mad that you could just buy a paper and just see a pair of tits it's a bit weird wasn't it it's a bit it was a bit you know oldie worldy wasn't it like the yeah. women didn't have a page of a guy who's you know his arse out or his cock out did they <laughs> wasn't very inclusive I don't know. Yeah, but imagine like sitting there. Who? It's such a weird concept, man. Like you're buying a newspaper that's talking about like football, politics, climate change, whatever else, and then you go on a page and it's just a girl with tits out. Like that's porn. <laughs> and you could just yeah, buy yeah. it at a stand. Like and imagine. Yeah. Like obviously, I, I've I was never really at the age where I'd buy that anyway. But like imagine just being sat on the train or the bus and you're seeing a guy just looking at a pair of tits in the paper for five minutes. Yeah. It's a bit weird, isn't it? <laughs> Good it is a bit rate. odd. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Interesting <laughs> read. <reach>, yeah. <laughs> oh dear. Yeah. yeah um, moving on from that. Yeah. So I mean, Ranyak. I don't know how we went from Ranyak's first presser to uh, uh, to that, but yeah. Um, <laughs> Pretty much transition when you think. I think about it was it. my fault, to be fair. Yeah. But, uh, I'll blame but, it on you. <laughs> but yeah, what the, one of the things that, that I uh, I picked out was that. Uh, he was asked to. Uh, there were some good questions in there, to be fair, and he was like an open book. He was open and, and honest, which was kind of refreshing because I think Ollie was very robotic in his answers. Like they would ask him something about, you know, tactics. Why did you do this or whatever? And he mm. used to say stuff like, you know, we're just going to work on it for the next game. He was like very vague, like uh, ridiculously vague. Like, uh, mm -hmm. or, or say, oh, we can talk about tactics all day, blah, 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 but never actually talk about the details of it or whatever. Yeah, I think Carrick was a better, a much better speaker than Ollie was. Yeah. I feel so, like he understands football more. Yeah. Even just from free presses. Yeah, it was it was good to hear Ranić say, like, be a bit confident and stuff and talking Definitely. about how he's going to implement and stuff. It'll work with these players, you know, um, and then either, I don't know if you meant saw the bit or you're going to bring up where he's basically said, I might suggest that I have the job for another year. Yeah. Did you see that bit? Yeah. Which I, is, mean, I, I, like the, I, like, I like the confidence, basically. Yeah. yeah. Like I'm, I'm, I'm the director of football or whatever it's going to be. I've decided I'm having the job for another year. It's my decision. Yeah. Which would be pretty mental. Um, I'm sure he can't just decide that on his own. But, Consultancy. Um, uh, my advice is... you is, give uh, me more yeah. money and give me an, a five-year contract, please. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's nice. To see, it's nice to have had well with Carrick and presumably with Ranić, someone talk about more the the football inside and how to approach games. Whereas more volley, it was more the you know, the DNA, the passion, the desire, all these cliche Sunday league football yeah. terms. Yeah, um, and, and I think that's fine at the start, but then when you're at the club for like two years and you're still talking mm -hmm. about that, it's like. Oh, yeah, you wouldn't want to hear Ollie really talk going into a presser after we've won or lost the game and talk about how certain how we exploited a team or worked so well in a certain exactly, area or we yeah. created an overload or created an overlap. It'd just be like, yeah, Rashford did really well. The boys showed good heart today. They played for the badge, all that kind of shit. Where yeah. it was fine at the time. Yeah, well, it's fine on the face of it, but when that starts to go wrong and you know. You want a good tactical answer from your manager on eight million quid a year on how this game plan hasn't worked, and you just get in there. I thought they give it there all today, and they're unlucky. Like it is going to be nice to hear someone who actually has, yeah, you know, not to slight Ollie at all, but a bit more of a, a clue about how football works. And yeah, yeah. and it is interesting. It, it, it's quite clear to see after the toxicity of Jose Mourinho, that kind of stuff we did want to hear because we were just so used to mm. complete 
negativity in Jose Mourinho's like from pre-season like Mourinho's the oh, worst it was just yeah. all about him wasn't it exactly yeah Van Gaal was like, probably the best yeah oh yeah Van Gaal's was funny because it'd be funny he knew yeah. what he was talking about as well and just some of the random shit he came out with talking <laughs> yeah. about you know pulling Fellaini's hair and during sex and random shit you know the Mike Smalling and stuff like, yeah. and Mr. Mike Schmalling <laughs> <laughs> and then he did it like two weeks later didn't he he was yeah. a madman when he's um, his first season after we finished fourth, and he was, you know, they do the end of the season awards. And he was like, "Yes, we go for it, we go!" And he's about going for the league title. Yeah. And then um, like the Van Gogh's Red Army, where he just it yeah, when they were talking about the yeah, when he was talking about, um, I think people were saying the fans wanted him out. I think it was getting to that end. He was like. I hear the fans chant, Louis van Gaal, Charmy! Louis van Gaal, Charmy! <laughs> yeah. he, he was, you know, jumping, falling on the floor in front of Wenger and Mike Dean against yeah. Arsenal. He gave us some... I, I wish it worked with him, man, because he, he was an entertainer, and in, in a good way, he was just off his tits. Um, you, on that, did you see in the... I saw a clip from this, and I thought it was absolutely hilarious. He's obviously the Dutch mm. manager now. Um, yeah. And he fell off his bike recently. Yeah, he's in a wheelchair. <laughs> yeah. One of the questions, one of the questions was said to him, and he goes, uh, "Oh, uh, how are you feeling? Like, are you okay?" And he's like, "Obviously not. I'm in a wheelchair." <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I'm gonna find that picture just yeah. to see it again. That he's is... like pictured with a with a Dutch squad, isn't he, in a wheelchair after they won? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's after they qualified. I got to. He's in the middle of him in a wheelchair. <laughs> Oh, what a mad him. bastard he is, man. Yeah. Fuck Having me. said that, we wish him a speedy recovery. And uh... <laughs> Yeah, he's probably all right by now. I love LBG, man. He's one of them, oh, even though it didn't work, I'll always look back at... Do you know what? I've just found another picture of him in a wheelchair. <laughs> what, it's a regular coach? <laughs> yeah, no, AZ Altmar when he was managing them. There's a picture of him sat on the touchline in a wheelchair with his leg oh, propped up in a suit. Yeah. I'll send it in the Discord quickly. Oh, that's class. Just look at this. Just look at this. No, like, with Van Gaal, like... It didn't work out, but I didn't really mind because he was just so funny, and I can still look back on that with like fondness. Yeah, and it, do you know what I mean? Ended, he ended on. I mean, we didn't we get top four. Up. Yeah, he didn't get top four, which got him sacked. But we, you know, we did win the FA Cup. So I mean, yeah, exactly. Um, still, I can't this. see the image. Yeah, so I'm doing it now. I'm doing it now. Yeah, that. Here, here you go. That is class. Please try upon that. <laughs> <laughs> What's that guy that's looking towards the camera? Have like, you seen it? Is it yeah, there? Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> Louis van Gaal and his obscure love for wheelchairs. Oh, that's brilliant. <laughs> what a man. I hope is he's he doing more, well. did you say? Oh, he said Altmar, I can tell by the yeah. badge, yeah. Ha- hope you enjoy the wine and the minch pies. Goodbye. <laughs> yeah. Oh, brilliant. <laughs> anyway. What a bloke, man. What a bloke. Yeah. When was that then? About 2008. Okay. Yeah, it's got to be. It's got to be early on. Yeah. Um. Anyway, back back to Ranić. Um. <laughs> how do you, I mean, he's he he was less entertaining than Van Gaal, but he was he was pretty. He's good. breaking he himself in a bit, though, isn't he? Yeah. It's his definitely. first ever interview. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's not. It should be really about football, shouldn't it? <laughs> but uh, yeah. Uh, the, the the press conference, but uh, yeah, like I say, he was one of the interesting things that he did say was that he turned the. Chelsea interim down because he was given he was offered four months there as opposed to six at United plus this two years this very ambiguous um, consultancy role 
that you know before coming in it was kind of said that this uh, this consultancy role is like some kind of it's going to have power not given a specific title not given like a director of football or or sporting director kind of title which i'm i'm sure we reminds me of who the new who we do have a director of football law at the moment don't don't we I, um, I think so mike sorry darren fletcher is the football direct the technical director yeah um technical i'm not director, sure what it, yeah. yeah i'm but not sure some, there is what somebody. john murta's job is are you, gonna, are you on about John Murta? I think I'm on about John Murta. I think he is called the, the sporting director, isn't he? I don't know what each individual role entails, to be honest. Uh, um, let's have a look. Let's have a look. But, yeah. Uh, anyway, it, basically, this, this consultancy role, that it, for it's a weird situation, the fact that in the press conference he said, right, the reason why I chose United because I got two more months and this consultancy role... But later mm -hmm. on in the in, in the press conference, they ask him specifically, okay, this consultancy role, like, can you give us some more details about it? Because it is pretty ambiguous. And he basically says, I don't really know much about that. I'm here for six months and I don't really know much about the consultancy role. So how, mm -hmm. how, could, how can on one hand you choose the job based on you get two extra months and this consultancy role, and on the other hand, you don't know? You don't know what what it entails. Like it doesn't. Something's not adding up there. But mm. unfortunately, I think the hope was coming into this that he would go upstairs at the club and have a big role in the future of Manchester United. But I didn't really get that from the press conference. Like one of the questions that was asked was, "You as in this consultancy role, normally consultants are able to." You know, be have multiple different employers, and you just can. You know, you work on a consultancy basis. So yeah. they they come to you for advice, and you offer that advice where, how, and when they they want it. So he was asked that question, and again, he said, oh, "I have no idea whether I can work with other people or not. You're going to have to ask um, the the board basically about that." Which I don't know. It's it's just very strange. It's just yeah. It very, sounds about very right strange. for Man United, doesn't it? Yeah, but I feel like he knows and he's just not letting on. Maybe he's been told not Maybe. to not to to go into to more details about it. Mm. Um But yeah, shall we move on to our kind of predicted lineup, shall we? If unless you've got anything more to add or something no, that you noticed yeah, in, the, sure. in the press conference. Mm. Um So yeah, so what we are gonna do today. Um, because it is Ralph Ranić's first, um, it, it is well, he's going to pick his first team, isn't he? Against against Palace, it's against Palace. A couple of weeks ago, I'd be a little bit worried um, because Palace are in in decent form. Yeah. Um, however, now I think they've had a couple. I mean, they were pretty poor against Leeds. Leeds got got a late goal, but I watched that game, and honestly, yeah. they they were backs against the wall for most of it, and then they just got. Um, they they managed to get a late penalty right at the last, but Leeds thoroughly deserved the win, and we know Leeds haven't been great this season. Um, so yeah, I don't think I don't think I think Palace is not a bad game to to, to start with, not how they're currently playing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we'll go into our our, our, our starting lineup. We I mean we don't know the formation. 
um, or, or anything really. It's all a prediction. He has only obviously had a couple of days to work to work with with the, with the players until Sunday. But let's go for a prediction on the starting lineup, and we are going to get one point each for each player that we get right and it's me versus dill on this one and then we're going to see next week who won okay yeah. so dill do you want i don't know how, how do you want to do it do you want to say player for player or do you want to go for yeah yours and i, then I, I don't know i feel like we'll just go for it because i'm going to be honest guys and girls that are listening i just went originally with the exact same lineup as as thursday but dex had to change it up a bit to be interesting so <laughs> you, you're um, ruining the game <laughs> Sorry, I'm just being honest. So my my lineup yeah, yeah, is yeah. De Gea, Delo, Maguire, Lindelof, Tejas, McTominay, Fred, Bruno, Sancho, Greenwood, Ronaldo. So the change is I've taken out Rashford and put Greenwood in. Greenwood I've played in a bit. His back is fit. Rashford hasn't been the best the past couple of games. So maybe he'll make a change there, but we shall see. Yeah, I actually think... Um, yeah, so I've gone with the same. I've gone with one different change as well from from Dill and from well t okay two different changes from Dill but one change from the uh the lineup versus um versus Arsenal I was going to say mm -hmm. Chelsea then but uh, yeah and that is that is Donny in instead of I've Donny. chosen McTominay but to be honest I can see Greenwood I think yours is more likely I think it Let's would be a fan so. favorite I think Donny would kind of suit Ranić. Ranić's kind of passing move system and get it being very direct. I think under Ajax, we've seen like a high pressing, attacking, attacking orientated uh, team. So I think it would suit his system. Ajax. But, uh, oh, you're yeah, about Donny yeah. at Ajax, right? Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I'm yeah. not talking about Ranić. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm no, I did that. Sorry. Go on. <laughs> um, so yeah, I think uh, I, I'm talking about like his style of play. I think is suited to it to to kind of a Ranić uh, uh, style of play. So I think he will be. Yeah. He could be good under him, and he needs to start games unless he's going to be sold in January. Because I think if he if Ranić comes in and he doesn't play, he doesn't start a game until um, the new year. I think mm -hmm. he'll still be on very much with the mindset of okay, I'm leaving because I think under Oli it was it was kind of widely known or reported in the media that he wasn't happy at the club and was seeking a move elsewhere. Now yeah. there's a fresh change. I think unless he gets he does get um, game time, then he is going to still have that mindset. So I think it is important for Donny's future that if he's in Ranić's thoughts for the future, then he does need to start. Um, stop playing games yeah um so yeah that's that's the changes that i have made he could f he could easily throw like a luke shaw in it left back yeah it depends on the fitness Wanda doesn't it i'm not sure exactly. where they're at i'm not too sure don't even know with varan i think varan's due to come back around this time yeah i'm sure we would have heard about it if he was going to be back on sunday though yeah and even yeah, cavani cavani I don't know. I think he's due around this time as well. Like, yeah. Um, and in in his presser, he he literally wasn't asked an injury update question. I think they didn't didn't even bother asking him because he he hadn't even spent <laughs> he hadn't even spent um, I think direct yeah, contact with the players. Yeah, he probably yeah. didn't actually know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So fair enough, really. Uh, so mm -hmm. we didn't get we didn't get much more information. Uh, with his presser regarding, regarding injuries as well. So it is kind of a, a guess. I would probably guess that we are both wrong. I'd be very surprised if, if both of us get it right. 
but yeah. we've both gone relatively safe. I think the, the well, the, the safest option would be exactly the same. But as he said, it's difficult for him to uh, implement changes in a couple of days. So it, you would imagine it will be, he's not going to revolution, he's not going to play Ahmad Diallo or somebody, is he? Let's, no, let's no, be yeah, it's not going to be that mad. Drop Ronaldo for Lingard up front and a false nine or something. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, yeah, I think, oh, do you want to do a, a score prediction for Palace as well? Sure thing, why not? Um, yeah. I've literally given it no thought at all, but I'm no. going to go with a. I'm going to go with a two nil. Two nil, yeah. That's yeah. that's so. I mean, keeping a clean sheet that would that would be very very nice indeed. Because yeah, uh, I'd rather us win four one, but you know, for the entertainment. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I think it'd be nice for confidence if we could get a uh, a clean sheet. Yeah, definitely a, a clean sheet. Um. Let's have a look. I may have a cheeky sneak peek at, at, at Crystal Palace's last. They've not uh, been yeah, great they for... No, they're not. I mean, they've only they've got they've had a, a one nil loss against Leeds, and a, yeah, like penalty. I said, two one loss against Villa, a three all draw against Burnley. Burnley. So in the last yeah. three games, they have uh, conceded. Well, I mean, they've conceded uh, three, four, five goals in the last three games. I mean, three conceded three against Burnley is pretty horrific. Uh, but to be then... fair, we've conceded. Yeah, we've conceded what? We've yeah. conceded seven in our last three. Yeah, yeah, not the best, yeah. but but still. Um, I'm going to go with. Uh, I'll, I'll give them a goal, but I'll, I'll add one to us as well. I'll go with three-one. Okay. Three-one yeah. to United. Fair enough. That could easily happen too. Yeah, and that is in the the afternoon. Two p.m. It, it is. Two p.m. kickoff. Yeah, just in time for the F1 later. Buzzing. Mm, love to see that. So mm. we'll end it right there. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for joining us for on another week. Um, do have a look at our socials that should be in the description uh, down below, and hopefully after. I mean, United play. Well, we've got a midweek game as well. We've got Young Boys. Yeah, um, Young Boys well, which, on the Wednesday. Yeah, which we haven't done a preview for, actually. I'm just thinking about it. But um, we'll discuss that in the, the next episode. Yeah, that, how about that? we can't preview two games. <laughs> yeah, come on. Like, we're not... Yeah, no, but no, you know, we, we've already talked about the Chelsea, touched on the Villarreal one a bit, you know, talked about Arsenal, previewing yeah. Crip Palace. How many games you want us to cover, boys? Yeah, right? exactly. You know, take the piss. You're not paying us. <laughs> <laughs> exactly right so um, we will see you guys uh, both next week Ranyx at the wheel yes ciao bye lads <laughs>